reminding you that I have a lot of favourite times of the week uh, now that I've moved into Half's old job, and this is one of them at 20 minutes past two on a Tuesday. Carlos Alberto Diago comes in to talk soccer, as some of us will always fall back on saying he will say football, and he'll hate it when we say soccer, <laughs> but he doesn't care. Hello, how I are don't, you? I don't, I'm very well, Andy, and I don't care at all, mate. Uh, Providing we're, we're talking about it. Absolutely, talking about it. And this is what I'm loving too. Uh, my stint with Harfour over many years and Mark Doran before that and you. We're actually talking about it in the middle of the day. Yeah, oh, uh, that's great. And I, it was a time when I was growing up uh, and you just crave. You might get Paul Wade doing a little bit of a stint on AW on a Saturday or something, 15 minutes where he'd get you know, hammered by Jared Healy and so forth. But now it's, we, get to talk, we get to talk about it during the day here. And uh, I, I heard uh, Ox this morning too well, on another matter, but it's, it's still talking world footy and gets people... Well, Get on to that. Well, did he have, was there any merit in what he was saying? For, for those who don't know, Ox is banging on about Danny Vukovic and some of the troubles and struggles that Ox sees the Melbourne Victory custodian as having at the moment. And this is a bit of what he had to say. How easy is goalkeeping, Frank? Honestly, you do nothing and you take all the glory. How hard is phone, it, how hard is it to be a goalkeeper? You just stand there. And if the ball get comes the your way, get in the way. And you know the other thing with uh, goalkeepers, they are too scared to catch it. They are too scared. Oh, no, I'll knock it away. Which, you knock it away, and guess what, Danny? You get a goal scored against you straight away. Nine. Second goal against uh, Perth, that was the reason. I, I call that on-air trolling. He's saying that surely to get a reaction. He, yep. and he He's a very smart man, Ox. He <laughs> cannot mean that. Yeah. Well, look, as a bloke who... And I never talk about my career, Andy, because it was in the pub leagues. But my first, my debut in senior football for a Scottish team called Albion Rovers yeah. in the state leagues back in the what uh, early eighties, I played up. I played somewhere in midfield. I don't know. I was, I was just sort of uh, running on air that day, and I uh, didn't know what I, what the hell I was doing. But there was a big centre forward, and you might be listening tonight. He's got already about sixty mark at the moment. A guy called Stewie Gilmore, <laughs> and the first thing I witnessed on the football pitch that really ended my career because I was just so shocked by it <laughs> was when a keeper went to his feet. Uh, to grab the ball, and he just, in those days, it was okay to follow through, and he just kicked the keeper's head off, basically. Right, and it was just, and the referee accepted it. I mean, the guts goalkeepers oh, have to mate. exhibit at times. Uh, they can use their hands, yeah, but, uh, but generally it's in traffic. And, uh, and when they've got to go down to the feet of players, uh, we saw uh, Birrigitte, Mark Birrigitte for Newcastle Jets, basically lose about three or four teeth this year. Nearly had his jaw broken yeah. in the same sort of situation. Of course, they protect keepers a lot more these days. But when I was coming through as a young kid, there was no protection at all. And keepers had to cop it. Oh, and they get hammered. You make yeah. one big blue. You can you can pull off three or four great saves. And people will notice that. And they'll recognise and they'll say, gee, the keeper's in good nick. You make one howler and the three or four good ones, they're forgotten straight yeah. away. Yeah. And in fact, look, I'm not going to keep banging on about Liverpool, but they've had issues with the guy who's, the, the Belgian who's in goal at the moment. But their second string keeper was playing in a league cup game or an FA yep. cup game. And that ball that he... That, who knows, mate? That might... I don't know. Yeah. I don't know what they're thinking about him long term. Bogdan. Bob Bogdan. Yeah. yeah. That might be. That might end his time at Liverpool. That yeah. one. That one. Error, that one error that he made. Gladly these days. I mean, Michael Theo uh, was at mm. Norwich, and uh, he had one. I think on his debut, he let seven in or something like that, mm. and they got rid of him within weeks. Thankfully, these days they recognise that people make mistakes, and this Bogdan, obviously, for him to be at the club, there's some talent there. They don't yep. recruit duds. So, uh, look, I, I, I know that uh, you speak to any defenders who of any note at all, even pl- players at the lower leagues, if your keeper's no good, your team's no good. Mm. 
You just you just don't you hate having a shaky keeper who doesn't know what he's doing behind you. Mm. And of course, you've at different times you play with keepers without confidence. But I think uh, they and as far as winning leagues are concerned, a goalkeeper and your centre halves or your defence are the most important thing to win leagues. To win games, you need your Fonderoli types, yeah, your Harry, yeah, yeah. the video yep. types. You can they're the difference players. But to win leagues over a long period, the marathon, it's goalkeepers and defenders or centre halves in particular. Well, how's he going? Is is Vukovic worthy of the sort of criticism that Ox was laying at him today? He's not his best. Yep. That's absolute sure. He's mm-hmm. he's not his best, and for some reason, it's taken him a little bit of time to settle. But victory fans, don't worry. This guy here is. A, on his, you know, when he when he gets going, he'll give you three or four great years as one of the best goalkeepers mm. in the A League. He's shown it with Perth Glory. He's showed it with Central Coast Mariners. Uh, the guy was on the cusp of, uh, you know, if you remember, it's, there was that issue with uh, in the grand final where I think he, he either, you know, uh, made contact with Mark Shield and he he was like twelve months out and he missed the Olympics. At that time, there they were saying he was going to be the next great keeper mm. to go overseas and, and do something with his career. But he's going to be if he's not already uh, recognised as as one of the great A-League keepers. So, look, this is all temporary. You don't, you don't lose the ability that guy's got overnight. Or I know it's been a bit shaky at times. He had his, his, had his great moments this year too, by the way. Yeah, he's just yeah. been inconsistent, that's all. Will there be any conversations at Melbourne Victory's inner sanctum level about are we pulling the right rein here? Because the guy that they've got, the second stringer, when he's been required to step up and he's been... It looks like he's been improving yeah. and he was there in goal for them at the end of the... Uh, at the end of the marathon yeah. last year, it, will there be any conversations internally about whether they're pulling the right rein? I'd be surprised if they look. They, look, I, I think these players—they're such a mature team. Uh, you know, most of the players there have been around the block a fair bit. They know when they've let the team down. Mm-hmm. I think Muskie—I've never been coached by Muskie. I've never even seen him action in the change room. But I'd be very surprised if there's a public humiliation of any mm-hmm. of any sort. Uh, Danny Vukovic is a, is an experienced goalkeeper. He would know that he's not right. And uh, he'd be working his guts out to get it right. So uh, I know Dean Anastasiadis is their goalkeeping coach there, and uh, and he'd be working them really hard. So he'd be his biggest critic. The bits I know about Danny, mm-hmm. and uh, and he's not a mate of mine or anything like that. But he's but I just know he's really a tough uh, a tough judger of his own ability. So he'll get it right. You know, players go through these stages and coming to victory that would have been a you know the team won the premiership last year won everything last year and suddenly he's coming into a team where there's high expectation where it's probably wasn't the same expectation at Perth yeah, last no, that's year a fair so point, yeah. it just yeah. takes time but look he's not costing them games he's not costing them the league or anything they're still in touch and you'll find that I think by the finals time he'll be playing some of his best football he may even save you in a final with a shootout or something like that 26 past 2 Carlos Alberto Diego in the studio anything you want to talk to him about regarding the world game feel free to do so, I've got a billion things I want to talk to you about. We, I've, I've been since the the two weeks now, the third week that we've been um, together, I've been obsessing about Melbourne City. Now they got beaten on mm. Friday night yep. by West West Sydney Wanderers. Got them in, and they scored a couple late that made the four three look you know a bit tighter than maybe it otherwise was. But they still scored them, yep. and it was an unbelievable. It was a pulsating game. I'll put to you that this Melbourne the. the I had a feeling the A League season was just going for a while. Mm. I reckon it was just yep. it was just pottering along. It wasn't really setting the world on fire. I can Melbourne City, it they're saving this A League season. <laughs> they've maybe I'm just seeing them through rose coloured glasses at the moment, but they're playing a brand of football at the moment that is is taking this A League season and putting it. They're putting it on on their back and they're taking it with them. I reckon when they're at their best, it's. 
it's up there with the West Sydney Wanderers when they're best. Well, they're drawing their best. the best out of opposition teams yeah. that they're playing. Yeah, I, I think moment. West Sydney set themselves for that game. You could see they planned. I mean, they City just could not handle. Uh, the, the the midfield runs, those late runs from midfield in that first half, and it's amazing. You play with three at the back, and then you know with your, with your with your two full backs you know, pushing on. And I don't remember maybe once did uh, Zulo you know get beyond the halfway yeah. run and make a make a run. Uh, they did their homework with Sydney Wanderers, so that's another challenge for City because people are trying to now working them out. And if you don't lay a tackle or pressure the ball in midfield, uh, and you give the the leeway to guys like Nichols to make that run or even to pass that ball mm. through, you the cop. I mean, it was such a leaky defence, uh, and it wasn't the back, the you know, the, the last line. It was really the midfield not pressuring the ball and make it easy for West Sydney Wanderers to get the ball forward. Well, you said that was going to be there. I think you might yeah. have mentioned last week that that's probably still going to be under the pump against the better sides. That's going to be the area they can be. Exposed. If they're going to play with three at the back. And, they, and giving license to their fullbacks to get forward, which is fantastic when you're when you're bossing the game and yeah. you've got the ball all the time. Yeah, yeah, when yeah. you haven't got the ball and suddenly no one's laying a tackle in midfield, and, you, and your two fullbacks are suddenly making a five man defence in a line, and no one's no one's attacking the guy on the ball in the midfield. Well, those guys like uh, Caceres and Moy and, and Pardley, they're going to be outnumbered in there. Mm, mm. And suddenly, you know, the amount of times they caught got caught square. I mean, uh, who was it? Bridge and uh, mm. Nichols and uh, even Castellan. They're just marauding through there like. It was almost like sieve defence type mm, stuff, mm, mm. And, uh, and it just could have been anything at one stage. But you know, these days they should make t-shirts. Stay calm, keep calm, and give it to Bruno <laughs> and Harry, because Harry Navio loves the situation. I mean, the way he scored, uh, I think uh, Topo Stanley did everything he possibly could of, and even Red Main in goal to take him wide yep. on that first goal at uh, the reply from City. You take him wide, push him wide, and I think Red Main was in pretty good position, but he still, you know. Uh, hit it across the face of the keeper into the goals and it just gives City that, that light again and then Bruno Fornaroli that goal uh, where he just picked up with one touch and curled it around the keeper he's become a specialist at that yep. in, in this season uh, suddenly you know and Pardalou gets forward 4-3 when they really didn't deserve anywhere near that scoreline and before we get to a couple of calls how highly did you rate the byplay between Kelfala and Barisha and the spin and finish from Bessart on the weekend. How oh, wow. did you rate that? Wow. I, I think what's been great about Bruno Fornaroli is suddenly Barisha's not even doing it for his team. He's doing it because it's, a, it's, a, it's almost a challenge. It's that, yeah. it's that challenge against the other striker that everyone's talking about, where he used to be the one. Now suddenly someone else is in town. It's almost like the Ronaldo-Messi sort of challenge. It's a, it's a man sort of, you know, a man versus man type rather than club versus club. And that's great. I think Barisha's uh, taken up the challenge. He looked fantastic on the weekend. Yeah, it was good stuff. Eddie's in Avondale Heights at up past two. Uh, hi, mate. Yeah, mate. Yeah, just a question for Carlos. Just a couple. Just first one. I think Vukovic needs maybe a week or two off just to regroup himself. And secondly, Carl Valeri. Musket said on the 18th of January he's going to give out a public um, um, press release saying what's happening, and haven't really heard anything. And it's now sort of early February, and Valeri still. No, whatever he's seen or heard, is his season gone? Oh, look, I think his season is gone, but just for his health. I mean, the team desperately needs him, but uh, but they did come out on the 18th and said, look, he's, look, they're still monitoring the situation. Now, that concerned me mm. because he'd been out for a while and people were hoping that he'd be at least trained. But he hadn't trained all this time. I'm not sure whether he's training right now, but I would think for his own health, you wouldn't risk that. If he's been out... With uh, you know what were they talking inflated 
you know. It's, 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 it all it, sounds, it, yeah, it sounds it, bad. It yeah. just really, I mean, we talk about the brain and, mm. and the sort of you know, stuff that was going on there and the balance. You just, you know, football's just so secondary. Mm. Uh, I'm pretty sure Carl Valeri, the sort of guy he is, he wants to play, but there's no way that club, and we've heard Robbo come out, Ian Robson, Kevin Muscat saying, we're never going to entertain playing this guy unless he's 100%. So I would think that the clubs handle it pretty well and they just won't take a risk. Back in the day, you might have not been... We're too conscious of it now. Aren't we? we're, yeah. we're getting more and more information. And plus, clubs can't lean on players the way they might have once uh, once done. You know, come on, mate, you're right. Get mm. back out there. We need you. You can't... This is one area that clubs with the whole you know class action going on over in the States and the eyes of the world are watching mm. now. You can't afford to be taking risks with this stuff. I'm actually, I'm feeling that there's a maturity at victory and I'm pretty sure there's a maturity across professional sport now. Look, I can't speak for all sport, but at least the A-League, that the health of the player mm. just—it's so paramount. It just—it's—it just—it uh, really overshadows your need for that player. And, and there's no there's no suggestion at all that they would would be desperate enough to put the, the player's health at risk, or even mm. you know sometimes they they sort of uh, temper it down and they just say, "Look, you'll be right, you'll be right." You know, we used to play with with you know concussion or whatever. Yep. You know, when we were you know, running around. These days, not in football, in A-League in particular, especially the PFA, they're very strong on this. Yeah. Uh, oh, they, they need they to be, mate. You, yeah. you need to be. There's too much to lose as a result of not taking it seriously. A lot of people off the SMS machine saying that Lawrence Thomas should have been giving his crack at it by now. Yeah, look... You'd look be, I mean, you've answered uh, all Look, that, but... uh, I think Kevin Muscat has, uh, you know, he's got, you know, history in that when the time's right, he will. He, he, uh, Nathan Coe, I think it was, uh, who was out of form for a while, uh, and uh, Lawrence Thomas came in and did a great job. The first time, I, I can't remember the, the pre, uh, previous time he did that, but Lawrence was a bit shaky, but he's been better. Mm. And he obviously played the finals last year, did really well. So the guys, are, he's, look, it's great. It's competition, competition mm-hmm. for spots, and you can't stick by people you know, forever. But I don't know whether Danny Vukovic is playing that badly that you have to drop a player who has got the, the credentials he's got. And this is part of great management, isn't it? Mm. You you bring your man in, you, you target somebody like Vukovic, you bring him in, and it, and you sort of, you've got to stand by him a bit. And if you think you made the right call back then, and you still believe today that it's the right call, even though the form lines might not necessarily be what yep. you want them to be, sticking, if you believe you've got the right guy, and it's going to work out in the end, yep. you can if you get there... You say, I told you so. Yeah. You know, even yeah. And he would have learned a lot, Kevin Muscat, from his time in England, Scotland, uh, from the coaches he's had, Socceroos, that sometimes you've got to, you know, if you, look, uh, one great boxing coach once said to me, not that I was a boxer, but I, he said, you, you never flog the willing. So if he's just working his guts out, you yeah, know he's got great, you know, great qualities yeah. about him. Uh, yes, he has his moments where he's not 100% right, but you just stick by those guys because they'll give you the world later on. Darren's in Hawthorne, 23 minutes to three. Hi, mate. Hey, how you going, guys? Good, good, mate. I'll preface it by saying I'm an AFL and basketball fan growing up, but um, got into the A-League over the last four or five years and love watching. Got a 12-year-old son. We, we sit and watch all the games together. But I just get frustrated, and my son was actually the one who just couldn't believe it on the weekend. The Cal Fuller incident, yeah, he kicked out. But it looks like he hardly touches the guy, and the guy went down like he was absolutely shot. There's been a lot of talk about Calfala. There's been no talk about the overstimul like simulation mm, yep. on the other guy's part. Yeah, Shane Larry yep. for the penalty threw himself forward. There was a hand in the back, but it didn't make him go down the way he did. 
it's the one frustration from an AFL fan coming to grow to love the, the sport that just that overstimulation, um, and it, it just really frustrates. And my son just said, oh, let's stop watching this. This is garbage, Dad. Yeah, it's, a, it's a really familiar lament, and I'm, there's a lot of people in Darren's situation. Do you reckon the game went through the whole fair play thing and you know, we, we want this to be out of the game? Yep. Is it is it manifestly better now than it was ten years ago? I think in Australia we don't get too much of that, mm. you know. And, uh, it, and look, I I don't know if it's better because uh, you know I'm I'm not watching South American football every week yep. or football in Brazil. <laughs> uh, in England we get a lot of EPL here. You don't get a lot of it in EPL. If it, if it is, it's amazing. Players take it upon themselves to to make sure the player and the world knows that this guy's dived uh, on that one there. I really like the way Kevin Muscat responded to it afterwards. He said, listen, Kalfala should never have done what he did. Uh, then the referee, the, the problem with all this is he had to give a nervous referee a decision to make. And the referee gave a yellow card, which I thought was probably the correct thing to do. Yeah. Right? Then, for some reason, he's gone to the assistant ref, who said, nah, listen, it, it was a lot worse than that. The, the assistant ref is 70 metres away. The uh, Chris Criffiths-Jones is, you know, what, five metres away, whatever it is. Kalfala gave the referee a decision to make. If he hadn't even, you know, lashed out like that, in a, in, even though however soft it was, yeah, yeah, yeah. there was no decision to make. Now, of course, Lowry went down like a ton of bricks. But the, the ironic thing here is Lowry was having a go at Kalfala yeah. for diving in the box before <laughs> yeah. that, just seconds before. So, uh, yeah, it, it, the spotlight's going to be on that. But really, Kalfala, you can't walk away from it. He's got to take responsibility, and that's what the clubs come out and said. Can I give you my tiny little bit of life ex- my life knowledge with this? And you played a billion games, and I played none. But when I when I was a pup coming into this caper, I started working for a footy newspaper called Inside Football, which is yep. now part of the stable here. And um, soccer, soccer weekly, yep. soccer action, soccer yep. weekly, soccer action, yeah. Soccer was was also part of the same stable. And Joe Palazzotti, so I know yep. you'll know yep. Pella really yep. well. Pella was the sales uh, guru on the soccer mag, and he's playing for South Melbourne yep. at the time and occasionally for Australia. And we were having this conversation one day across the office, and all the inside footy boys and the cricketer boys were going, you blokes are soft. You're always diving. <laughs> Pella just went, have a look at this. Yep. And he rolled his pants up. He's, his, shin, his shins were cut. Yep. They were blown up. They were black and they were purple. Yep. And he said, you have no idea. I get this every week. Mm. They're so good with their feet soccer players that they can nick you clearly yeah. and that's what he was saying they it doesn't even look like they make contact yeah but they can just clip you and nick you with the slightest of slight with their foot and that's what they do yeah. they can open you up under your socks and you've got no idea what yeah. we're put through i mean the argument that the game is soft i just with those play those people who say the game is soft have never played the game mm. i mean you can go and play a park game on a sunday afternoon with a group of people and you'll walk away and you'll get bruised shins and stuff like and there's nothing more painful <laughs> than a bruised shin or a, or a, uh, a stud mark going down your shins. Now, as you said, I was I used to play junior football or junior soccer with kids, you know, uh, some Greek kids, some Italian kids, and they were experts at 10 years old yep. how to uh, fix someone up yep. where they'd get away with a referee and they'd make it look like an accident. I mean, how many times have we seen a bloke just maim someone and go and help someone up? Yep, yep. You know, Let me help you. Yeah, pat him on course. the back of the head. That I mean... People are experts at that, and they just know how to do it. Uh, if, you, if you're out there and you've never played the game and you say it's soft, go and play a game indoor soccer. Uh, go, and just go, go and play a game and then talk to me after that because those people who say the game is soft have never played. But there is an onus, there is a responsibility on players. And I don't think they probably don't yeah. get this, but there's a, to 
keep bringing new people into the game. I know it's the most popular game yep. on the planet, so they're, they're coming from a position of strength. But you're always looking for the next fan of the game, like Darren and his son. Yep. And it, it is incumbent upon players not to do that stuff. If the sport is serious, I've always said this, uh, they, they have the match review panel. Anyone who's deliberately dived, even after the fact, mm. didn't get picked up on the weekend. Even if he, was, even if he got the yellow, I'm, I'm saying that, that person should be given three or four weeks and that'll stop well, it. That's but serious. The game, yeah. the game is not serious enough in Europe or South America, even in Australia, if you don't go ahead and do something retrospectively, mm. uh, you're, you're not going um, to solve this problem. Brad's on the road at 17 minutes to three. Hi, mate. How are you going? Good. Uh, just a quick one. I just want to know uh, who are the main candidates to take over at Bayern Munich now that Pep's on the way out? Well, I think uh, Carlo Ancelotti's got the job. Got it. Oh, yeah, got that yeah, yeah that, was, uh, that was announced a while back. And what a, I mean, he is much loved wherever he goes. Uh, but he gets moved on because he's just so close to the players, and if you and he's a sort of bloke who's not fantastic in the media. He's just a, a much loved character. He's won. Yeah, you know, I read somewhere that he's won three Champions League. He's up there with um, Bob Paisley as the the, uh, the manager that's won the most Champions Leagues. So in the, in the days of Bob Paisley, it was yes. European Cup. So yep. uh, so the guy's just everywhere he goes, he wins, and uh, and he's uh, it'll be interesting. I mean, there have been some cases of Italian coaches going. I mean, Trapattoni was over there uh, in Germany at a time when he couldn't even speak German, and uh, I think the only language he could speak was Italian. So it was interesting, and he sort of had an up and down time there. You know, I think he had some success, uh, but Carlo Ancelotti will be fine over there after Guardi. What he's done at Bayern Munich, even though he hasn't won a Champions League, won the back-to-back uh, Bundesligas. Um, he took over at a time from a guy called Jupp, Jupp Heinkes, who won everything. And they announced halfway through that season where he won everything that Guardiola's coming. So you can imagine. He, and the players love this Jupp Heinkes guy. Mm. So um, he's a legend of German football. And uh, so he's walking into a club. Yes, they were champions. They were great players. But suddenly it was someone else's change room. So the, for me, the, for Be me, cool. for, yeah. When people talk about, oh, he's just taken over great teams. Mm. You know, it's a, it's a different set of problems when you're when you're coaching teams of that ilk. It's not like you can go and rip someone's head off. You've got to earn their respect by by tactics and how you go about their training and knowing them intimately and and you know and and, and sort of hugging them at times and and uh, you know defending them in the media if they've done something wrong. You know, mm. even even if you don't believe it, it's all these other things, and that's what. Uh, Ancelotti's fantastic at doing, and Guardiola is fantastic at doing. Is he any chance of getting Lionel Messi, or has Messi already com- com- confirmed that he won't be leaving Barcelona? Uh, uh, look, Messi's got his own tax problems over there in yes. Spain at the moment, as, as is uh, Neymar, and I think Mascarano's just uh, cop something too. So, uh, I I think they're I think if he hasn't already signed, they're virtually. I mean, surely they'll sign Messi. You know, they'll, they'll sell of all all of Barcelona to get him. Uh. Their issue at the moment is Neymar. You know, can they re-sign him and, and keep it under the 70% uh, FIFA fair play level that you're supposed to only spend 70% of your total income on salaries? Because uh, otherwise clubs like Manchester City could buy everyone okay. and not worry about anything. So uh, the talk is that the, that he'll be given, because Guardiola has obviously been announced as the uh, officially announced yep. today uh, or last night um, that he's now Man City, his manager. Uh, Manuel Pellegrini's leaving, but he's, you know, so, you know, He's just so uh, uh, such a gentleman. What an honourable oh, and dignified oh. way he handled that. He just that said, today. "Look, uh, it's, just, it's doing the team no good. Yeah. All the speculation. I'm just going to come out and tell everyone. Yep, it was brilliant. Uh, I, I love the perfect. club. I will work my guts out for the rest of the club, first of the season, and I wish the club well after that. Uh, but the talk is they'll give Guardiola 
150 million pound war chest to go and get who he wants. Uh, but I think he would have sent he would have spent that all on Messi. Yeah. And again, Messi may still well be available. I'm not sure. There'll be people out there who would know if he signed. But uh, uh, yeah, because Barcelona's got their own problems. They've got Suarez, Neymar, and Messi to fit in to you know a, not a not a limitless budget. Yep. So. Uh, there's a bit of work to do. Another Michael in Sunshine before we get to another break. Uh, good afternoon to you, mate. Good afternoon, boys. Andy and Carlos. How are you? Just on, just on Melbourne Victory, uh, boys, I've got a feeling that they might need a very polished midfielder to complement what they've got there, like Bruce and uh, these boys. Uh, would you guys agree with that statement at all or disagree? I think the the big issue is when Guy Finkler is not getting his own way, mm-hmm. uh, suddenly, you know, it starves the likes of Barbarousas, uh, Barisha, Cal Falara at different times. So, uh, look, you know, Guy Finkler has been fantastic mm-hmm. for them, yep. but he's got to be up all the time. And I, I felt that Barbarousas had a very quiet game on the weekend. And uh, when you start shutting down some of those players, and Perth do this, are very good at doing this. I mean, people talk about the defensive block of Sydney, but Perth are very good, especially at home, mm. in closing down, you know, uh, the, the real dangerous, you know, attack, attack-minded players of, of the opposition. And, uh, you know, they couldn't stop Barisha with that fantastic goal, with fantastic two goals. But uh, Barbarossa was very quiet. And up until he got sent off, Ben Kalfala wasn't great either. Nah. Uh, he it, seemed to be in a bad mood the other night. I know yeah. eventually it told, but he just seemed like he was in a bad mood from the word go the other night. Yeah, I, I, look, I just love... They're, they're I a love team, him. They're, oh, yeah, they're a team full of winners. Yeah. And I know as as fans, that we're watching the game and as media people think, I wish he wouldn't do that. You know, he looks like he's just, he, he's just you know, not, not with it. But... It's almost, and Kevin Musk would know this too. I mean, he was the white line fever king. Yeah, true. I mean, just they uh, want to win so much. It doesn't mean that they will play well every time. Mm, mm. And I think there's a, you can almost try too hard at times. And uh, is a subject to that sometimes. I think uh, Ben Calfalar also. Carlos Alberto Diego in the studio. I've got to ask you about Alex Gerback before we get to your end point today. But Chris is on the road and has been hanging on for a while. Good afternoon to you, mate. Appreciate your patience. Yeah, no worries, guys. Uh, just a quick comment on the um, the Calfala suspension. Um, you're talking before about um, the match review panel and, and how they have an opportunity to, to make things right. And I'm probably not all for them um, going around and then charging um, you know simulators during the week that weren't picked up during the game. But the thing that drives me absolutely spare is when you read the actual report where he got a, a week suspension, um, where he was charged with serious unsporting conduct. And I think that the game misses an opportunity every time that there's one of these incidents that, that is, is so over-dramatised um, on the field, but so clear to everyone watching, that, that it's uh, ridiculous to even think that they should have got a red card, let alone a yellow. And then during the week, I think they've got every opportunity just to say, hey, you know what, we, we got it wrong. We're not going to hang the referees out to dry. We're not going to crucify everyone. We're just going to say, we got that one wrong. It's a yellow card. He gets a yellow card to uh, carry forward through the rest of the season, and that's that. Yeah, it's just so un. Uh, it's so rare for uh, the officials to overturn a red card from referee in world football. Not only in Australia, in world football. Uh, the problem here is he's still kicked out, and kicking is generally a red card offence. Mm, mm-hmm. it, it, it doesn't matter how soft it is. And I know, you know I saw social media where <laughs> people were just completely went crazy over it. Uh, he kicked out. And that's what, and that's why I thought Kevin Muscat's response was really good. He said, "Listen, he shouldn't have done it. Mm. It was soft, but he shouldn't have done it." He gives the referee 
a decision to make. Mm. If you you know the, the ones that I get really upset about are the ones when they're non-existent, like they just weren't there, mm. and we still have a few of those. They're the worst ones. We have got to get rid of those. Hey, um, before we get to your endpoint for the day, you just I. I Alex Gersbach, who's been a wonderful player and really mm. emerging talent, we've seen the end of him for the time being, at the very least, in, yeah. in the A-League. What, what, why? Why has he left? Yeah, well, he's 18 years old. Mm. He's, a, he's a kid that uh, was still doing his year 12, I believe, when he first started playing for Sydney, and uh, he's become one of the most integral players. Such an exciting prospect. Those of those, those of you who love English football, uh, Kenny Sanson type player, uh, fullback, Arsenal for good England, player. just good player. Yeah, good player. Not only not only a marauding fullback who doesn't think much. This guy is just put him any part of that left side. Uses the ball beautifully. Crosses the ball as good as anyone I've seen. Eighteen years old. Anyway, Sydney over the last, uh, before the end of the, uh, the transfer window sold him to Rosenberg in Norway. Norway. Now, Norway from. What I've read is the probably the the twentieth or the twenty second most important league in the world. That's that's how much it, are they selling for? Well, the question uh, the, apparently there was some offer of up to five hundred thousand for another club. Uh, from what I've read, they talked about it being a bit less than that. Uh, but they were they were going to get nothing for him at the end of the season because his, con- his his contract was uh, actually winding down to, to right. nothing. So okay. so I understand why the club was in a bit of a hurry, especially if the kid wanted to go. But surely his advisors. Please, you know, and, and what, what's it say about the A-League? If, a, if an 18-year-old kid who's uh, going to be a bit of a star and he goes to Norway as a stepping stone rather than being an A-League in these days, really, it doesn't matter. The distance is not going to harm, you know, uh, the distance is not going to harm his, his shop window football but here, for you've example. Got to, when you're in contention. Like they're, they're, yeah. still, they're contending, Sydney. So yeah. you think there's more to be gained from – and look, Dave Carney, yeah. we're going to get to a break, but Dave Carney's the name that's all automatically yeah. been linked to a return to Sydney. They talk about, they talk about uh, you know, the possibility of playing Europa League and European Champions League, and I understand that fully. But surely we've got to be able to compete. And I don't blame the kid or his... Yeah, you know, yeah, his, yeah. But surely we've got to be able to compete with Norway. Jimmy Jago's the other one from Adelaide. Good player, played senior football for a long time. Integral to Adelaide's midfield has gone to Austria to play. You know, why can't we keep these guys here? Let's, We've got to do something about it. Why don't we have a chat about that next yeah. week? Uh, there's always a lot to talk about, and it's good doing it with you. Thanks for coming. Thanks, in. Mate, See you next week.